game time. Yeah, <laughs> um, we started the game today, um, a word association game. Um, I mentioned three words and the panelists here will try to guess or try to say um, the city or the state in Nigeria I'm talking about. So to give an example, I would say Bonner Boy, Bolly and Fish, Oil and Gas. And then you try to think... Ahoda. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Have you been yes. Ahoda? I said three weeks in Ahoda in two days. I served at Omok. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I spent... So I, on when, I mean, I used to work with KPMG before. Yeah. And there was a project that took me to Ahoda and I spent about three to four weeks in Ahoda. So when you said Ahoda, that was very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but is Bonner Boy from Ahoda? Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ahoda, Ahoda is close to Port Harcourt, so I know Ahoda he's. Yeah. Yeah. He's from he's from um, Ahoda, but I'm, I wonder Port Harcourt is fine or River State, even though we work. Yeah. So I have um. So that was the test. I have um four more questions. Yeah. So, pigeon. So pigeon English. Oru baby, and no last man. Worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. That's correct. So Delta State or worry. Yeah. So they are known for pigeon and or you know they carry last soon. So no last man. Okay, cool. So the next one. Um, maybe I'm sure everyone should know this one now. Banana. Traffic jam, Lagos, and bread. And bread. Calm down, banana. Ah. Traffic jam and bread. Agege. Express the banana expressway. Umgefe. Exactly, that's it. Ore. Ore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? Traffic jam. <laughs> Maybe I've left Nigeria in a long time. There was a there but, usually. But, but, how, how do you, why, why did you say that everyone should know this? <laughs> like, like, it's a common. See the way I'm looking like a fool. But, but right those now, like, those three words could have also fit nicely for Lagos. Exactly. Exactly. There is that's why. That that's why I added bread. No, but on oh, it's bread. Bread. I learned. Yeah. It's orange. Yeah. It's so it makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. in Orange, okay. at the very point, the very middle of the spot, you see banana, you see bread, and, and, traffic. and, traffic yeah. and that, because because you are traveling somewhere, you buy bread. Uh, yeah, so that's Orange actually is very simple. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so two okay. more, two more, and then we'll yeah, go. Right. Um, so don't try that again. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was it. Was I Ayo, Ayo answered that until, <laughs> until, until, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's go. Um, wall like walls, pyramids, and two million. Kanu. Yes. <laughs> does, yeah. Why? Does Kanu have pyramid? Yes, they did. The Grand Pyramid. Ah. The 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 granite the granite yeah the granite pyramid oh, oh, oh. yeah and then oh, who knows why what about two million where does two million come from ah the governor snake now ah ah okay <laughs> but no actually two million was the number of votes that um Buhari I won Jonathan yeah, yeah that was that was, that was ah. the like when when Kanu when Kanu votes came in, the two million yeah, just yeah. yeah, just shocked everybody, and that's why you have two million there. Okay, the final one. Um Gurara Waterfalls. Ah, wait, calm down, wait now. I went to school there. That's his date now. That was easy. That was easy. So it it was gonna be Gurara Waterfalls, Zuma Rock, and Nigerian president. So uh, yes, around, around my house, like Zuma Rush, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rara, 
Yeah. Can Niger State already produce three presidents in Nigeria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think Babangida, who again? Namdi Azikwe. Abdul Salam. Abdul Salam. It's interesting you called Namdi Azikwe as Niger State producer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was, he was, he was no, no, born. No, no, yeah. So you're right. To be honest with you, that's the idea we need to drive about Nigeria. I, um, I lived in Lagos all my life. I've been to Ondo State where I come from, maybe four or five times in my life. I'm mm-hmm. not from Ondo. I'm from Lagos. Let's be honest. Yeah. And that's the reality. If you've lived in Abuja, you're from Abuja, and it's mm-hmm. something we need to drive. And I like the fact that you said Nigeria is speaking from Niger State. That's a very to be honest with you, every time I think about Nigeria, I think about the younger ones coming after us. That country has huge potential. Like you guys, I'll be honest definitely. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're ready to start now. So that was just like a brief um, icebreaker, just to um, yeah get us going. Um, so today um, we have um a guest in the house um so before i introduce our guest i'll just mention those of us here um so once i call your name just say hello let's not waste so much time because i'm sure people know you already so today we have daniel hello listeners um we also have kingsley and we have kiki with us hey guys and we have utman hello fellow conscious nigerian Thank you. And then we have a guest in our midst today who will be talking to us on a very important subject. Um, um, his name is Mr. Ayodele. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Ayodele. Um, I work in financial services. Um, yeah, I'm a passionate Nigerian. I love the idea of what you guys are doing. I'm so proud. You don't know how proud I am. Uh, young Nigerians are banding together to resolve and face our challenges, which are enormous. And that inspires me day in, day out. Um, and that's it. I really look forward to this interesting dialogue on this wonderful topic that we've chosen, which is the African continent. Well, let me not <laughs> take the cat out of the bag. Sorry. <laughs> okay, great. So I would like to wish everyone of our listeners a happy new year um from all of us here at conscious nigeria we haven't done this yet officially um yeah so that's that i hope you have a great year and i hope it's so so much better than the previous year so the first of january was an important date um all over the world for international trade and foreign relations because the united kingdom finally finally reached a deal with the EU, um, the European Union, marking the end of their 47-year agreement or relationship. Um, But while the UK was consolidating their breakup on this date, a historic new trade agreement went into effect in another part of the world. And this agreement is called the African Continental Free Trade Area, the AFCFTA. Yeah, it's a mouthful, I know. So um, it aims to increase the volume of trade between African countries by as much as 50%. And it's going to do that by reducing some red tapes and other barriers to intra-African trade. So things like custom duties and um, the free movement of goods between um, African countries. Yeah, so the World Bank says this agreement has the potential to bring 30 million people out of extreme poverty and raise the incomes of about 68 million more. Just imagine, like, there's so much more trade between African countries and European countries or countries from all over, from China, for example, countries from all over the world than there is between or among African countries. So there's more intercontinental trade um, than intracontinental trade um, in Africa. Um, So this is what this trade agreement is trying to remedy. And today we have a financial expert in our midst. Um, He has already introduced himself. um, Ayo, he's going to be talking to us all about this. He's going to um, explore what this trade agreement entails, what it covers, how it's going to affect us as Nigerians and Africans in general. So, we are ready with our questions. Um, 
we'll just shoot them at him and then let's hear his answers and also as a listener if you have any questions subsequently just send send it to us via any of our social media and we'll get to io and he'll answer your questions all right so let's start um so before we before we go into questions i'll just give him some time to just explain to us what is this trade area what does this mean um to us as just in layman terms what does this uh, free trade area mean um thank you and thanks for having me on the forum just to give you a bit so what what, what um the afctfa afct cfta african continental free trade area what it strives to achieve is that you just have one market right so today i'm producing something in nigeria I can just take those goods and then drive from Nigeria all the way to Angola, right, and sell them, right? So it makes Africa one country, the way Europe used to be one country, right? So there was no borders, and that was the whole idea. And at the end of the day, what then what will happen is it would allow for trade within Africa. Now think about it, right, just to give you a bit of context. Today, Nigeria is one of the, the largest producers of crude oil in, in um, Africa, right? But the refined oil that we buy, we bring it from Europe or Asia. The same thing, South Africa, right, makes chocolates. But the cocoa they buy, they don't buy from Africa. Yet, Africa is the biggest producer of cocoa. You know, so it's just this cotton policy everywhere. And we're like, when you take it into, when you go to start, intra-African exports is 17% of total exports in 2017. That means the trade we've got amongst ourselves, right, is just 17%. Whereas when we, we trade, when you want to compare with Europe, 68% of trade is done within themselves in Europe. In Asia, it's 59%. So why would Africa be at 17%, you know? So what um, the ASCTF has tried to do, do is, uh, they come up with a policy and like we're going to create one market, just one market for Africa, where goods can be sold across board. There are no borders. Ninety percent of the goods for that market will be without tariff, right? So it means you can walk across the borders and you can do your trade. But I focused on goods, but more importantly, services. I can be an accountant in Nigeria, offering services to a country to Gambia. And it's fine. I don't necessarily have to pay any fee or any additional licensing to be able to operate in Gambia. Right? And that's the objective of the policy. Now, will they achieve it? It's a different multi-level. But that's, in summary, that's what the AFCT is trying to achieve. Same one market, improve trade across Africa, and then ensure that as a result, we have a growing middle class and a lot more people, there's a lot more opportunities. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks for the, the summary. Um, to go forward, I don't know, any of you can proceed with your questions. Um, or I'll just keep going. So from the summary given now, um, does anyone have any direct question? One question, please. Okay. Um, Mr. Ayo, uh, thank you for the brief summary of this trade agreement. Actually, being in Europe, we have seen the, the, the way the European zone trade within themselves and uh, tariff-free, um, ta the tax-free freedom we experience within the Europe region. So I wanted to ask, if goods are not produced in Africa and they are shipped in through one country hoping to sell and benefit from this tax-freedom, how do we get to identify this kind of goods? Fantastic. And that's a, that's a spot on point of question. And this was the reason, just to give you a bit of background, Nigeria came very late to the table inside the CTFB yeah. for this particular reason. Because Buhari is a regime of the opinion that what would happen is that a China will go to Rwanda and set up a factory in Rwanda and say Rwanda is Africa, right? But it's a Chinese company. Mm -hmm. And then ship goods, and then bring them to Nigeria, which is the biggest market on the EFCTFA, and sell. And how do you address this? Right? Now, 
the question is, the truth is, and this is the honest truth, for China to do that, it meant that it was factory in Rwanda. It meant that people now have jobs because of the factory in Rwanda. The, the alternative to it was that China would have just bought it directly from China. Right? So, how do countries like, like, how do we ensure that um, production will happen in Africa? That's the core. Right? And that's what they're trying to drive. Today, there's no value addition. Africa is a commodity economy. So, you go there to collect raw produce. You go there to get cocoa, to get oil, to get, there's no value addition. There's been all over the past years, in the 60s, in the 40s, in the 30s, in it brilliant sense, we can understand our economy should be driven on commodity. But the world has moved. Africa has had educational institutions for the past 60 to 70 to 80 years. Where's the value of that education to the economy? If today we're still selling produce, we're still selling commodity. There has to be a transformation. And that's why FCTFC is saying, you know what? As a result, there will be free flow of capital across the board. Now, if Rwanda, the question is, why would Rwanda, if the Chinese want to invest in Rwanda, and as a result, create a Rwandan company, even though it's owned by China, the production will happen, there will be um, employment opportunities thereon, and there will be production, which is the key element. Let us produce in Africa. Let there be value addition in Africa. And that's the core element of the So, that's one thing we see that would happen. Yes, in the very early stages, you will see this kind of sharp economic practices where the big firms would use some of the smaller countries and try to use that as a further to, you know, to mask it as made in Africa so that they can sell. But as time goes by, whether we like it or not, it's still a net positive to the region because the region has attracted investments that it would not have attracted if this structure was not in place. The problem, the argument then is how do countries like Nigeria, who has the biggest market in Africa, how do we ensure economy is not run over, right, with this kind of practices? Yep, yep. Um, on the, and I guess that question will come up later in the day. And I have my ideas to it, but, let's, but that's it. Production will happen in the country. Um, yeah. May yeah. I... yeah. Is it production will happen or it's part of the agreement that production should happen in the, in, in the continent? Agreement, the agreement says there will be sale of goods and services. Right, and there'll be free flow of goods and services across. So, so which, means, which means I can just I can just import into Nigeria just like the way. You cannot import. You cannot be selling. So if you're importing out of the region, then you must pay tariff. Okay. So if so, I now, so that's why it's tricky. If if I can say I'm importing outside China to Rwanda, and as a result, I'm selling goods at the point of you enter Rwanda. You pay tariff. That you pay tariff. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, because okay, well, China okay. cannot. Okay. But now the question is, and you know, these things get clearer by the day. Can the goods that are imported to Rwanda can Rwanda now try to sell it into? Which is why Nigeria was. So what Nigeria was saying was, you import something into from China to Rwanda. Rwanda rebags it and says made in Rwanda, Rwanda and they come sent like that. How do we manage that? So you need all the member countries to ensure that this kind of a practice do not happen, or else it's a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. This is what's it my... has to be exactly. It has to be production in the continent because that's the only way people can you can create jobs, you can create, you can upskill people, and all of that. And that's the whole idea. We're trying to put skills and jobs and create a middle class economy. But can we be too sure? Because <laughs> at this point now, judging from past experiences, people would tend to, some country would default on this ground and earn money from importation from other, from other regions and then sell at no cost to other regions, to other countries. So it will, some people will become shady in that aspect. So what I, I'm just saying, I, I, I hear you, and I think I think there will be there will need to be a robust structure on how to protect this. But the AFCFT has eight strategic objectives. The first one is they will create a single market for goods and services which are alluded to. Two, you will contribute to movements of capital. Now, the truth is, and I've always said this, right? We need to take a step back. 
You know, those arguments of importation versus producing. This is my honest view about importation and production, right? Well, if I have competitive advantage in something, which Africa has, Africa has 90% of the minerals, I think about 30 to 40% of the world's mineral resources sits in Africa, right? So on the fact that we are nearest to raw material, that's a major um, competitive advantage where we lack in the doctor. So if, why would it be cheaper to produce in China than in Africa? We have lower wages, right? The problem has always been human capital. But then, train us and we have skill. So at the end of the day, it's a first start. But then it will create a multiplier effect across the economy. And some people will try to still lie and do this structure in the beginning. But as things evolve, they will have to actually have solid structures in Africa. So anywhere with net positive will be net investments for Africa. That's one part. But the second part which a lot of people are not looking at, and I always use the MTN as part. You know, the MTN structure. When it came into when mobile mobile number portability was going to come into the Nigerian telco industry, everybody thought who was going to be the who was going to that MTN was going to suffer the most. Because MTN was already the bigger player and the Senate was the was the emerging player. Everybody thought it's not to come and there's still MTN, MTN customers. What did MTN do? MTN stole Saka. I was like, oh, poor thing. And that changed the game, saying, it wasn't you steal my market, it's me, guys, you to steal your market. Today, when you go to a bar, people are making shoes, clothes, belts. Nigeria needs to position itself and then steal African markets. A lot of this protectionism that we're very concerned about, it should be the other way around. Nigeria should have become very, very vicious and attack other African markets because that market is there. Why would a belt in a bar or a branded belt in a bar? So I call it Chupsi belt, not Peter belt. Why are we buying Gucci in Africa? I mean, we can create our local brands. And then today, when I, I remember one time in 2007 or 8, I was in Uganda. So 10, I was in Uganda. And you can see the way the Ugandans were, they were, he was so happy that he was engaging with the Nigerian. Had so much respect for Nigeria. Why? He's watched our movies, he's watched, he's listened to our songs, we want his pop culture. Now, all of that cultural advantage that we've gained, now let's translate that into goods and services. So when a Nigerian belt comes in, in a Nigerian branded belt, the way they like David and whiskey, they should also like Chuxi belt or Brito belt or Gondi belt. That's the whole concept. And that's how we should say it. All this protectionism that we're trying to put in place as Nigeria to protect our markets, it's not the way to go about it. No, it's like, no, we will attack and acquire the African market. Now, we've already set the tone in pop culture. It's not for us to translate from pop culture to real goods and services. That's that's um, really great. Um, Kisley, wait. Could you could you wait a moment? Um, Kiki wanted to ask a question uh -huh. before. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask a question that was in line with what Kingsley asked, but I I just wanted to ask if it couldn't be controlled on a countrywide level, like as in if a Chinese company is established in Angola, like you said, this could be controlled on a country level, right? And I don't know if such checks and balances were put into place in this agreement that each country should have the responsibility to be able to check such things within its borders. And, and just, just one, to add up to what she just said, to make it more clearer, um, is there like a, a kind of a platform where there's like a multilateral agreement with any foreign investor? For instance, if you want to invest in Africa as a French company, you want to invest in Cameroon, or as a Chinese company, you want to invest in Angola, you have to meet a certain level of requirement set by this African trade union, um, trade, um, area. Because if they were to do it individually, I think the companies, some countries will falter, maybe based on corrupt leaders, um, influences or something like that. So is there like um, a charter which every country, every foreign nationals or foreign investor must meet? Well, to be fair, uh, the way I see this, right, is that we actually want the foreign investors to come here. Mm -hmm. We actually, because the truth is, what I would like to know, I always say this, that the history of Africa and the West is intertwined. Or the East, when I mean West, I'm talking about Europe, 
Britain, America. When I mean East, I'm talking about China, Singapore, Hong Kong, right? So the history of both climes, they intertwine in Africa. There's no growth in the world. The world has reached a plateau of growth. As we see it today, there's 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 16 trillion dollars earning zero percent. So the world, there's no economic activity in the world anymore. The only place where economic activity, based on our young population and based on where the world can get economic, is in Africa. That's the only truth. And the only problem we have is that we just don't have the structural framework to accept this investment. But we have the young people. We have the so the world has to bring the money. But the question is, what used to happen is it was dumping. I produce, I don't know if you've seen that, you see this, you produce some cars, you say this is for European markets, then you produce something of less quality, and you say this is for African markets. All of that has to stop, mm -hmm. right? There's nothing wrong with a French company coming to Rwanda or Angola or Togo or Nigeria and setting up a company. That is FDI into Nigeria that will create jobs, mm -hmm. right? What is wrong if they just come and all they want to do is continue importing to Nigeria, making us defeat for the next stage? So we need to understand that I don't think there needs to be any major restriction of how they invest, but there should be restriction of how they import and whether that import can be sold across border. Because importation is just import. There is no value to the economy. But investment is core. So you need to... Um, Separate that, but I, I, and I think that's what the. I mean, there are straight, there, there are eight straight, eight core objectives for the EFCTA: create single markets, um, contribute to movements of goods and people. Now, I don't know if you travel within Africa; it's one of the most painful things you can do to yourself. Between Lagos to Sudan should be a three and a half hour flight, but typically you have to first fly all the way six hours to Ethiopia. Or five and a half hours in Utopia, and then do another two hours from Utopia back. Hence, you spend eight hours. Whereas, either the straight flight from Lagos to Khartoum, it will be three and a half hours. The same thing, you want to go to Congo or Angola, you first fly all the way to South Africa, then come back. You know, whereas, and trust me, there's huge costs to this. Um, what you call, if you think about, um, Europe, you're in Europe. If you, I always laugh that I can actually text and say I want to go and do a weekend. I'm in Europe too, by the way. I live in London, right? I can vex and say, um, why are you laughing? You are not in Europe. <laughs> 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 he's, in, he's in Europe jo, jo, um, jo, jo, geographically, but he's not in the European Union. Oh, so okay. that's it. I'm in yeah. <laughs> so I can say I want to travel from London to, well, now London is out. But before, if you say you want to travel from Barcelona to Milan and you pay $100, if you book very well and you stop your ticket, well, you should have people want to fill the train from Lagos to Paris, $70. So, you know, try it and say you want to travel from Lagos to Senegal. If you're not paying in tune of $300, $400, why do we have that problem? You know, so these are the things we need to resolve. They are real structural infrastructural issues. I like the idea of ASCTF, it's a good first step. There's so many other nationalities, and that's one of the things. So they want to create a continental custom union. Exactly. So if you have a continental custom union, it means there's one custom, right? Which is the point we've made. When you are shipping into, you are going to bring the African customs, yeah. not the Rwandan customs, or not the Angolan customs. So there's no idea if anybody's shipping to sell, we've slammed the tariff at the point of entry, and there will be a way of sharing that. Because Rwanda or by the way, I can also say that Eritrea refused to join the agreement. So, an African yeah. country that has not joined the agreement. But if you're shipping into Ethiopia and your plan is that you want to still sell it to Nigeria, and because you know that if I enter Ethiopia, I can enter Nigeria, do that. If it's an African custom, it means that you have slammed the tariff at the point of when you enter. So, by the time you want to bring it to Nigeria, Nigeria somehow will be part of that custom that tariff that you collected at Ethiopia. I don't know if you get the. Yeah. Well, it will already be in the mix, or what? Uh, sorry if it sounds... I, I mean, the meeting with you of the... Because idea. If, if it comes into the African market, it's already mixed up, so mixed is, up. is there a way to separate, like, oh... There's no need to separate it, I guess, since the, it's already been taxed. So the whole point of this whole agreement, um, arrangement, what's it called? The whole um, trade area is like, okay, to regulate the whole... Inflow of goods, I guess. Exactly. 
is one economy. Like today, if you go into, if you sell something to Europe, it's Europe. If you sell cars to Germany, it's Germany. You can move from Germany to Holland. They, among the countries, they know how they manage that revenue sharing and all of that. But there is only one type of state of goods going into the European economic area. Right? And that's how they first for certain goods. Any movement within there will be, will be, um, will be free. Now, but what this argument also known is that they say 90% of goods, right, will be free. So there are some 10% of goods that the country can now say, no, for these goods, if you are coming into my zone, I will collect tariff. So it's left for you as an economic to know what is important to you and what you want to really, really protect. And you can put it in the 10% category. So it's not 100% the way the agreement is structured. But the 10% has been left aside. Another thing they want to do is, um, we want to expand trafficking trade. I mean, like I said, there's no reason why, as a tech provider, I should not be able to provide tech services to Botswana. I should not be able to sell my belts to my Ashoke, to somebody in Uganda. All of that. Since today, I always ask the question why the hell do we still wear shirts, tie, and suits to work in Africa? I've never been able to understand it. Because why our journey should be wearing brother. The job, that's what a job Why Agbada though? Agbada <laughs> traditional gap. Because if you want to show some sort of imperiality, then let's if they are locals, there's, there's an economy to it. If our job is away in Agbada or the Akwai bomb gap, there will be a downstream economic multiplier to it. And do that across Africa. But every time you want to wait, now another thing, Africa possesses 70% of the world's cotton. But yet, we import 90% of plots. You know, it's just a very warped economic structure that we have. And in, whenever you buy or sell, the person who sells that has the money, economics is simple. You buy, you sell. If you buy cotton and you are selling plots, if you buy cotton, cotton will be at 10 naira. But when it's coming as plots, it will be at 100 naira. So at the end of the day, you are the one that has and that is, the, that is the fundamental problem of African economics. So if we have one market, then maybe the Europeans can say, okay, now, if I want to sell in Africa, it's not me importing clothes, why don't I come and invest the factories in Nigeria, which is the biggest market. As a result, I'll be using the factory in Nigeria to sell clothes. Or you have Gambia, you have you and you come together through the stock exchange and form a company. And we say, well, we, we've schooled abroad, we know how to produce these clothes, we have the technology know-how, let us up on the factory. So you will, there will be a boost in entrepreneurship too, across the board. Um, um, Ayo, could you, maybe before you continue, let's, um, Daniel, um, ask a question. So we could, maybe it will be one of the um, answers you'll give him, the next points you'll raise. So Dan, can you go ahead? Um, thank you, Ayo, for the interesting conversation. And I think I quite get the idea of this whole continental trade agreement, but I there is a part I'm still a bit reserved, which is about the implementation of this trade agreement and how it stands to benefit Nigeria as a country. So um, the African market is a big market of about 1.3 billion people. So of course, it's attractive for both African and even foreign investors. But I have a feeling that the this trade development might be lopsided, which we already talked about. So, and and I think the focus on this trade agreement shouldn't really be on trade agreements, but on manufacturing. Because if you look at Nigeria, Nigeria has a population of 200 million people. That is a very, very big market. That um, even before now, we have not been able to take advantage of this population. How are we then going to take advantage of this 1.3 billion? Because Nigeria is a country right now, we cannot clothe ourselves, we cannot feed ourselves. So, like, which means there's basically no manufacturing going on. It is just trade amongst ourselves. And now that this trade agreement comes into place, um, you have foreigners, foreign investors coming in now again to feed us, to clothe us. And when they come, they might take their market to a place that will favor them, which you already talk about now. So, do you think at this point in time that our focus should really be about this trade or manufacturing to have what to trade? That first, as you said earlier, President Buari had a reservation towards signing the agreement because 
we really did not know how this was going to play out. So should the focus really be about production? Come to think about it, we cannot even refine crude oil to fill our car. To fill our car, we still import from crude oil. So our question is not about take maximizing population because we already have a population to maximize. Yeah, to add to what, to add to, I, I'll still ask my question later, but just to add to what Daniel said, for me also, I also have this level of skepticism when it comes to the, because I feel Africa is really too big and why didn't we just acquire it on an ECOWAS level? There is ECOWAS, a lot of all these things we could have just tried on ECOWAS level. So, in your own view, what do you think? Uthman, I think I think that's a different question, actually. So maybe we we'll just no, 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 do I mean, Daniel's question. region instead of just the whole entire Africa. Okay, but you can go ahead. No, I, I hear you, and that's why I started with the MTN. The MTN analogy, you didn't get it, where MTN was the bigger market, Excelat was coming, and people thought Excelat was new pop culture. But what the MTN said, MTN said, I'm not going to protect my market. I'm going to acquire your own. Now, what people forget is, yes, because of our poor infrastructure situation, we have a challenge with goods, right? Manufacturing. We do not have the factors of production. We do not have power. We do not have um, power. This is fundamental to production, right? Um, but what you are not, what you are not realizing is for our deficit in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And this is someone who has been to a number of African countries. The Nigerians are And this kid is a big factor. So that deficit infrastructure that you think that we have, that you think we're going to get robbed of, I, I see it as a good thing. Let, let. Because what we have to think about it, if, if Apple comes to set up a training store in Computer Village, that Computer Village boys must be cycling. Think about it. Let's let's go back and think about our reality. If Apple set up a training a training institution in Computer Village or Google or Android, that Computer Village boys can pick like that. They did try and error, try and error, spot a people school until one guy got it and he decided to fix it. Right? Um and that's and that's what you should know. You should understand somebody has going to stop this. And that's what you should you should um, you should understand, right? It never dies spirit of the Nigeria will come out when this comes in. We can't always run away from competition and hide. Competition strengthens you and makes you better. Right? Um, so if today our economy is exposed and you know that there's a company can our market can open up. Now, one of the things, just to put your point. You spoke about the various, um, why, why are we not doing this with Equinox? Today, we have those agreements, some sort of it with the economic region, like the Economic Committee of West African States, ECOWAS. In East Africa, they have the East African Economic Area. In South Africa, they have the South African Development Corporation. They have a bit of that, but it's limited in scope, right? And it's not, I'm not saying that's very effective. Hence, we need the same. They will still retain those economic arrangements, but you have a global one. I see. I mean, where I think Nigeria will do very well is actually in services. You're going to see accountants walk across border. No, you don't need to pursue for accountant. An accountant is an accountant. Debit is debit, credit is credit, book is balance. Right? You will see doctors walk across borders. You will see um, lawyers walk across borders. You will see the Tech people walk across borders. So, for our deficit in infrastructure, there will be an, a corresponding benefit because of the skill of Nigerians. And they never do, never say die speed of Nigeria. So, yes, I hear you. I hear that we don't have cost of infrastructure. And um, initially, you will look at people on the sites, their manufacturing concerns in other countries to take advantage of our markets. But there's also a flip side of it where we will have services and other benefits where we can go outside. And that's why people need to position themselves. That's why people to use it. You need to position yourself and begin to look at as Africa as one market. There was one time I was talking to somebody who's in I've done I've done a bit of tech investment. 
before in the past. And, you know, when we were doing our startup in the cloud, which I put in the corner for, for some reason, which I'll get into, we used to look at Africa as a map and countries are cities. So you say Nigeria, city, Ghana, city, Nairobi, because you now need to. So that's how you need to begin to look at Africa when you are approaching, when you're in the United States. You now have the freedom and the liberty to go anywhere in Africa and make your job. Yeah, but, okay, so I, I follow up with my question. Um, thank you, Mr. Ayo. I think the, 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 my skepticism is not about Africa competing with Africa. My um, um, skepticism is about these rules of origin that, yes, there's going to be investment because you said Africa, Nigeria is positioned for service delivery, but I am talking about manufacturing. So, so if you, we're talking about these rules of origin now that countries will come to invest. And I think Nigeria currently rank around 131 on the ease of doing business index by World Bank. So if Africa is now a one market and a company is coming um, to Africa to invest, I think they would rather choose to go to a place where the ease of doing business is better than Nigeria. So and like thinking about that, like I don't think Nigeria will be attractive in that sense. There's a number to that. So in the, on the World Bank site, right, so they projected some figures of how countries are going to benefit. And actually, West Africa, which like Nigeria is part of, would lose over $40 billion from now, that's 1st of January to um, 2035. So within that space, from the manufacturing sector, so it's said that we're going to lose about $40 billion in manufacturing. We have gains in other places, like like you said, trade services, for example. We're going to gain some money from there. But overall, overall, we're gaining just seven percent from this whole thing. So well, to be to be honest, I, I, and the statistics are not all there, but I'm impressed. I can tell you categorically that <laughs> people 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 overestimate our infrastructural challenges, and they're not factoring transportation. Okay, you have it. Everything's like in South Africa. Can't produce in South Africa, but then you'd have to bring those goods from South Africa to Lagos to sell in Lagos to access our markets. How do you want to do it? How do you want to do it? By the time you deal with all the challenges in ports and you calculate all that cost, you ask yourself, am I not just better putting up a power plant in Kogi? The raw material is in, is in Kogi too, and then producing these items. It will balance itself out. And yeah, um, but then these challenges um, are what the um this agreement is going to take off. So when you go to the ports, those f- um bottlenecks before. So with these challenges, oh, yeah, challenges it's supposed to be less. It's supposed yeah, to be less. It will not take care of port challenges. Those ones are infrastructural challenges you deal with. So if okay, the port okay. goods there for one month on demorage, that will still remain until we fix that problem. Okay, that's the city. That's the so, so what if we if, produce in South if Africa? We are presented, if we are presented with such a situation, the only option for Nigeria is to man up and get smarter. Exactly. Improve their systems system. and attract more investors. That's it. Exactly. And whether you like it or not, after a while, this thing will... And in, in the very beginning, I don't see how productions in other African countries will get it very easy to our market. It will take it will be a big challenge in the very beginning because of our infrastructure, transportation, and all of that. But as we begin to fix all of that, people will still want to be close to our market. So they will say it's going to be a balancing act, right? You want to cite something in Ghana is very tricky, right? And that's why Nigeria has been scared of Ghana in terms of manufacturing for AFCTFA because Ghana has power. Ghana has a better infrastructure base than Nigeria. Power from Nigeria. Yeah, as well. Argue, right? But <laughs> Ghana has a better infrastructure base. So people are like, you can size stuff in Ghana, right? And then just bring to Nigeria. Not far, you know? And that'll be how we manage that. And that's why Ghana is very, Ghana was one of the very first ones to say, yes, 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 yes. But you will see the Nigerian spirit at play. You will see the upskill. And you will see all of that when it comes. And more importantly, what people are forgetting is that this allows free movements of goods and services and of people. So, all the Ugandan, the Botswana, the Zimbabwe that have listened to the video on whiskey, 
but they want to feel what a Lagos party is, they can enter now easily. So uh, yeah. there is free visa now. Yes, free visa no. on the back of this. I think okay. the, the restrictions are reduced to significant order based on the ASTF. That's one of the principles of the free movement of people. So with that, your pop culture over the last three decades will now begin to gain from it. So it's it, there's a bunch of. I mean, I, I look at the possibilities of it. I see the challenges very clearly, but I think net net is better for them. Um, Mr. Ayo. Um. um I, um, I, Kiki, I have let's, only let's one Kiki, question, but let's Kiki ask. Kiki has a question. Later, yeah. I'll wait for you to call my name. I'll just have yeah. one question. Kiki, go ahead. Okay, thanks for calling me now, because actually what I wanted to say is in line with just um, the last discussion. I think when you look at the statistics, maybe one factor that maybe was not factored in to derive these final numbers is the diehard spirit of Nigerians. I know most Nigerians have one or two entrepreneurship ideas that they cannot finance. And I think one of the limitations is probably because unemployment rate is pretty high. And like Ayo said, if people can move across to different um, African countries, secure job opportunities, um, manage to save up to start their own businesses, I think there will be a lag period of time before we can catch up. But I think, like he said, because of the spirit of Nigerians and their ability to make the most of the very little they have, I think that the Nigerian people will probably be able to make a lot out of the deal. But of course, there will be this lag period maybe in the early years of the of you the know, trade deal. Uh, you're spot on, Kiki. Today, we have Ghana chasing out Nigerian businessmen, same in South Africa. Under this agreement, you really cannot be doing that. It's one market, right? If the agreement should go the way it's planned. So what it means actually is that now you have to deal with Nigeria's entrepreneur and the real energy of Nigeria. And trust me, that energy is on top. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. so does this push us to a one um, currency state? So do you think we're getting closer to that? Already, um, the ASTA is working with, um, they're trying to come up with, with the African exam. They're coming up with a one, a digital, um, let me get the name of the platform. So they are creating, coming up with a pan African payment and settlement system such that I can pay for goods in Zimbabwe and be credited in the same value with the Zimbabwe catcher. I can pay for goods in, in Kenya. And I will get value immediately in Kenya. So they're working with that. Already, Flutterwave has, I don't know if you all know Flutterwave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Flutterwave has, has done it for a few countries, but then they try to harmonize that across. And this is being launched by the African Export Import Bank. And this was done in July 2019. So just imagine the seamless payment. I can take money and pay from um, Nigeria. And then I will get value in Zimbabwe because of the payment system in place. And one of the games is to have an African Central Bank later in the future. That's part of the um, it's part of the um, one of the charter. Yeah, one of the things that the ASTF seeks to achieve. So yes, a lot of the Yeah. So um I would like to ask you a question. First of all Your last question, so we're rounding up now. Yeah, I <laughs> don't forget I, you. I share the same optimization, optimism with you about the African trade agreement, but I, like you said, it has to be established. It has to be implemented in phases because a full-blown implementation would, I see a bubble in it because of the different, uh, different things that are not in place yet in most African countries. For instance, a lot of citizens are not properly identified, so you could see an open door for criminals. People who are not running, fleeing their country, places where they have committed a crime, you know. This is properly checked in Europe if you looked at it, if you look at it very well. So, and um, also look at what's happening now in Brexit, like the Brexit situation. Why on earth will Brexit be leaving a union like this if it was so good? So, do you think there's something we should learn or should uh, prevent um, from the from Brexit, Brexit situation? situation? Yeah, a very good question. Again, the Brits 
everybody who speaks on Brexit, right? And I happen to work very closely with Brexit, so I, I have an idea of what has gone wrong. Every senior executive told me who I've spoken to on Brexit, they'll tell you one thing. It was a nationalistic decision. The economics of it was very clear. Britain will suffer economically on the back of it because maybe long term they might come out of it, but the economics of the access they had on the back of Brexit was awesome. Leaving that, they were just focused. And never why they focused on that? You know, which is the point. What they saw is that, oh, now the polls, the checks, the are coming to our country, they are making money, they are living their life, but they didn't focus on the gains they were getting. At times in life, you focus on what you get, not what other people are getting off you. And that was what the Brits were focused on. So it was a nationalistic sentiment. Nigeria can also fall into that trap, right? Um, where we think people are getting a lot off from us rather than what we're getting. What we need to ensure is maximize our gains from the policy. Yes, well, people gain from us. Other African countries will. And this borders for us in our own case. Our borders are created by the Europeans. Those borders don't really exist. If I move to Benin, in Dahomey, they speak Yoruba there. So really, if I'm going to be in the country, I should be with the country with the same guy in Benin, in Benin Republic, not with a guy in Kanuri, in Odanoa. But we've come up with Nigeria. So the more reason why we should, we should be seamless integration. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. The brothers, our brothers are not as drawn like the European brothers. Let me put it that way. They are a lot more, if you speak, in Germany, people speak German. In France, they speak French. In England, they speak English. In Nigeria, what do we speak? Do we speak Nigeria? Speak English. <laughs> so we speak English. We speak English, exactly. But you see, my point is, I don't have a problem with if other African countries can, can eat on the back of people with Africa. I'm more happy for it. Because I know they will want, they really want. But we need to learn from Brexit. We need to look at the pitfalls. We also need to protect our industries as much as possible. And we need to understand it a bit better. I agree with you, but I don't think that should be enough um, reason not to go ahead and trade. I strongly believe that they can do spirits of Nigeria. And I put a lot of premium on that. A lot of premium on this. It's very qualitative, but I strongly believe that I can do spirits. Think about it. You run pop culture in Africa. Going to a, I mean, I, I've lived in the Middle East for a bit. I've lived in Europe. Going to a club in Dubai. What you hear is Nigerian music popping up every now and the whole of Africa is dancing to it. Go to Joe Bob, the whole of Africa. The advantages you gain by running pop culture. And if you translate that into economics integration, then you're looking for a maximum boom. The question is that can we deliver? Yeah, this would have been a good place to end, but let me allow Uthman have his question. So Uthman, this is this is going to be the last question for this episode. So let's find a way to okay, bring it to okay. a close. Okay, thank you, Nathan. So for me, I think most of this most of the advantages we tend to gain from this is actually the can do spirit from your explanation is on the can do spirit of Nigeria. And the can-do spirit of Nigeria is what sent some Nigerians to America, to to Europe, and the and the likes. And whatever achievement, as a researcher, for example, we have some researchers in in Germany. Whatever achievement they have in Germany, it will be for Germany and not for Nigeria. So individual achievement of the can-do spirit of Nigerians will only be for that person and not. The person is a Nigerian, so it's good that we are. The person is employed somewhere as an accountant or as a judge. By the end of the day, I don't see how it translates to the development of Nigeria. Maybe in the tech, the tech people, the pe- people in the tech industry, the tech you cite it in Nigeria. That one is a good one, and then you run all your operations around Africa. But in other aspects, whereby our can-do spirits will just push us away from Nigeria and our problem in Nigeria is still there. So there are a lot of things I just want to cut it short. But my own is, how bad can it get for us? We know the can-do spirit is there. What all those things that you say, if we don't take a, 
it's on paper it's what we believe not paper is what we believe but what we what if we are unable to do it how bad can it, i just want to know like what's the scenario now yeah, let me bring the very dying situation the worst case scenario right investors will come in they'll set up in other countries and they will come and be selling nigeria nigeria will now then because of the agreements it means goods as goods will be sold from other countries to Nigeria, and those other countries will be doing better. What will happen to our economy? Well, our economy is depleting because um, we are not producing anything. Um, but knowing economics, the way economics is, right? And understanding how that's the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is that everybody just comes to dump stuff in Nigeria, literally. I produce in Ghana, dump it in Nigeria. I produce in South Africa, I dump it in Nigeria. I produce in, and they say, why are you not producing like this? I say, ah, you don't have life now. Why should I produce in your country? You know, um, that's the worst case scenario. And it will be worse than the current situation right now, right? Way worse. Yeah, because now we're not with any... You're so pessimistic. We're not ending any... As in, we're not hating that back. No, it's fine. No, it's good to paint it. No, I, I'm always for balance. You know, you want to get balance when you paint the good and the bad together. So it's mm-hmm. very important that you paint bad too. Um, so you, that's the worst case scenario. Because now, Nigeria today, if you want to import a car, you will pay import duties to customs, even though they still have the money, right? But you will still pay some import duty, right? Well, those quotes are still in the money, though. Even though we're not sure, but import duties is paid. But now, under these agreements, there's no import duties paid. So we're earning, government is earning a significant chunk of revenue, yet these people are accessing our markets. And that's something that we need to watch against, um, and we need to be very close to. And that's why we need to have a very good enabling business environment. We need to fix our problems, right? We need to fix our ports, we need to fix our... Uh, see, this is what I think will happen in the very end years. To access African markets, people will... If we fix... Forget our infrastructure problems. And cultural problems, people put a lot of emphasis on them. But they're not our big problems. So I'm telling you, lack of power. If I put a, put a power plant, I will take care of that problem. Lack of ports. What is where, is where you have too many that you're exporting. There's enough markets internally that you don't even have to export. Right? Okay, you want to problem materials. That will struggle. These things balance out. Think about why it's Coca-Cola and all the others. How those guys been making profits. The real problem in Nigeria is what I call the soft infrastructure, the rule of law, settlement of disputes, our legal system. That's the real, that's where the real work needs to be done. Not there. Mm. A lot of people focus on the hard infrastructure, but the hard infrastructure is more where the challenges are. The soft infrastructure, those are the things you can tick off very quickly if you have serious governance. Yeah, but, but the problem is still there anyway. The people, it's still there. The, the, the soft infrastructure is still there. Yes. What? What? And more importantly, another thing that is really ripping Nigeria off, which will be a big issue on the ASCTF, is our current security challenges. I, sorry that I did not pick yeah. that up. Yeah. That's going to be a massive issue. And we need to address that. Or else, and that's actually the fundamental problem we're going to face. Because if you don't have a good security environment, you don't have a good enabling environment, then nobody, no matter how good your market is, Nobody that, that's my concern. I'm just looking at all these indicators, like yeah. I'm just feeling like Yeah, I I think we should I think we should um just round up now. So maybe Ayo, you can just give us a summary, yeah. So a closing remarks. Yeah. AFCTFA will come with challenges, right? But the way I see it, either you say um you'll be a local champion, which is what we're doing now. Or you go and actually know your true worth. And if you go and know your true worth and you realize you're useless, then you're forced to improve. So you choose one. Do you want to be a local champion and be protecting your giant of Africa status and do nothing about it? Or you go out and then exchange and communicate with other people and see where you are. My, my conclusion is that the Nigerian I know, we know they carry last. That's all. That's it. And I end there.
Thanks. Thanks very much for um, an insightful one. I mean, I, I've learned a lot from when we started um, until now. And yeah, it's really cool. So, well, again, um, I've enjoyed speaking with you guys. It's been a very good session. Um, I, I like it. I, I, again, guys, there's another couple of options. Of, see, one very simple secret to life is whatever you call that will happen. If you call good, good will happen. If you call bad, bad will happen. Choose your call. Really nice. Really nice. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on our social media platforms. We are on Instagram and on Twitter at conscious underscore ng. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S underscore ng. You can also find us on Facebook at Conscious Nigeria. And you can find us on Naira Land at Conscious NG. Please join us next week for another exciting podcast. Bye. Thank you.